Hi, it's Joe. Back again with Mel in another episode of the Strong Family Project podcast. Mel, read us in and then we'll introduce our special guest today. Okay. Welcome back to the Strong Family Project podcast, where we guide you on the path to raising confident, independent, and resilient children in a strong family environment. Today, we're joined by Whitney from How She Moms. Whitney and us, we just did a podcast together for her platform, and we had an amazing conversation with her. We knew we had to get her on ours to talk about a few things that Mel and I aren't experts in. And it was such an engaging conversation. She has a cool website. She shared with us that she's been doing podcasts for ever. I've been a <laughs> listener for 17 years, which must have been almost the original podcast back yeah. in the day. And just so invested in the concept and putting out amazing content. Whitney, can you introduce yourself for a couple minutes? It's a little bit of background about you, your expertise and your family life. And then we'll get into today's topic. Great. Yeah, I am a mother of five and my kids range from seven to 17. Uh, four boys and one girl in there. So that's pretty exciting. I started How She Moms, the seeds for it, when I was pregnant with my third son. And I just looked around and I was like, I've chosen this as my career. I was in magazines before that. And I quit to to take care of the kids full time. And I looked around and I was like, I'm not running this. I'm not achieving what I want to achieve in this career. And I knew I was capable of it. I just needed to learn. And so I started, I chose a topic every month and I started to learn about it. And that's roughly what I do now for my podcast. I just now share what I'm learning. So I would have what I called board meetings. I'd get together with a bunch of other moms and we'd talk about the issue that I was learning about. I'd read books. I would just research the heck out of it, figure out my systems. And I just took it one bite at a time. I know you guys are big at one step at a time. And I just bit off one, one department. I called it departments. I organized my household into departments. And I just started doing that. And eventually when my youngest was in preschool and I had a little time to think straight and put my ideas down on paper, that's when I started How She Moms. And so that's my platform where I share all this research and I interview dozens of moms about each topic. And then I distill that into an episode that presents a menu of options. There's not one way to attack any problem. Every child is different. Every mom is different. So if we can see just some of the invisible, I like to call it invisible innovation that goes on behind the scenes in each family, then we each can take these ideas. And then it's, then the fun part, begins. And that's when we get to experiment and try all these different methods in our families to, so we can find what works. I love that approach. And to pull back the curtain a little bit for the listeners and viewers, that's very similar to what our approach is. There almost any parenting quote unquote expert is that we create a platform so we can meet more people and learn more things and then share with more people. It's not that we have uh -huh. the answers, like the bigger platform that we're able to grow and Whitney is able to grow, the higher quality people we can bring in and have conversations with to learn ourselves and also share with you. That's like the extra bonus. Yes. Oh, and it's so fun. And today we want to talk about a family retreat method Whitney uses. However, she mentioned something during the intro that I also want to learn more about, which is, can you tell us more about these family departments? Yeah. So just, I just got on my computer. And I wrote, I, I started a folder that said Archibald Inc. My last name's Archibald Inc. And then I just 
divided my household into departments. So there's the finance department, there's the culinary arts department, because that <laughs> sounds so much fancier than food. It does. There's the recreation department, there's the histor- historical department with photos and videos and things like that. I actually yeah, have it right here. That was where it started. It was just the household thing. So there's childcare, there's administrative, there's executive, which is the, some of the defining your values and your mission and, and like at the executive branch of any company. And so I just made a folder for each of those departments. And then I would choose one department every month. And that's what I just tried to develop systems for each of those departments. It could have made it more overwhelming because there's a lot of departments. But for me, it helped me. I was doing them anyway. So to be able to see them written out in that structure helped me not get overwhelmed because I could then take those bite-sized chunks. And a bit of testimony for that approach. I do consulting for businesses around the country. And usually the first thing we do is look at what's called their accountability chart or their organizational chart, where it's the owner that sits in every seat. They say, hey, like marketing is important, finance is important, sales is important in the fitness industry, head coach is important, operations is important, finance, HR. And then we write, okay, we'll write the person's names who's in charge of that department. And they write their name in every box and it makes them sad and emotional. And then we have our breakthrough (laughs) that, hey, if you define what success looks like in these departments, you can probably get some help and then elevate someone else to be in the fitness world, usually that head coach first so that that person can learn marketing. And then they sit in the marketing seat for a while and then they can hire for that and define what success looks like. Do you find that you're running all the departments or have you been able to leverage your quote-unquote staff, your family. So I can actually show you. So this is my chart. I've now made it out into a chart that you can get on my web- website. I think it's five bucks or something. So I actually divided it now into two, two different charts because one is all the caregiving stuff. And that's what it takes to take care of a person. So I'm doing that for myself and my kids are at various levels of doing that for themselves. Sometimes I'm still managing their stuff, but so I have those two two charts and we have stickers that we indicate. And part of that is to show them some of my invisible work. But I have, so a green dot is who is the manager. And so I put a green dot by my name for all the things that I manage. And then if they are divided into categories, whether they're a helper, a worker, or a manager, and so they are trying to progress to that management role. And so they have some work, mostly worker roles with the family. My husband and I have divided some of the labor in the different departments and we have that marked out on the dots. So it's not, there's no defaults. I'm all about no defaults. People talk about having a default parent. That doesn't happen if there's good communication. It should all be deliberate. So anyway, the, especially on the caregiving my 17-year-old has grown into that role of being a manager for pretty much everything on his take care of myself. And then that's off my plate. That's no longer part of my work. And that's their responsibility now. That's amazing, Whitney. I love that so much. I'll send it to you. You guys can have one. (laughs) I do love charts, but I love the fact that you are teaching them how to become an adult. Like when they leave the house, they will know what is required. Yeah, I think that's really inspiring. So thank they, you for sharing. You're welcome. And that's actually to tie that into the family retreat or family meetings. We go over this. I go over this with them at our family retreat. 
individually and we see, okay, where are you compared to last year? Have you moved up to manager on any of these things? And then we usually do that about twice a year. So we do that at our retreat at the beginning of the school year and then usually touch bases again in January. With these tactical approaches, I like to ask this question because I think it's brilliant. I think there are great answers to this question. What do you see that structure do for you and your kids? Like more on a higher level, looking down on it, like what is what success has it created in you and your children and your family life? So I think the biggest thing it's done is created a vocabulary for us to talk to each other on a daily basis. First of all, they know on this higher level what it takes, what is expected of them, and what being an adult looks like or being a responsible person. So they have the big picture and they know what that's going to look like. But also they get an idea of progress and what that feels like. I, when I initially started it, I was wondering if I would have to have some incentives or some rewards tied to this. That has not been true at all with my kids or any of the my friends and family or listeners that have adopted it. It's a great tool for teaching intrinsic motivation because they want to move up. It's a sense of, it gives them a sense of pride. I'm not a helper anymore. I'm a worker. So now the way I define that is a helper is I do the work and they help me. So my that's the stage my seven-year-old is in for laundry, for example. So he's a laundry helper. He, he and I do it together. And he helps me do it. Everybody else is a laundry worker. I have two laundry man, three laundry managers, a laundry worker, and a laundry helper. And so they all know where they are. And the worker, I just have to remind her to do it. She knows how to do it, but I remind her how to do it. And I have to keep track of whether she is doing it. That's my management role with that. But the other three, I don't even know when they do laundry, usually. It's just done. Good. They do it. And it's off my plate. It's not no longer part of my invisible work. That aligns perfectly with educational philosophy, which is essentially they watch you do helper. You watch them do through the mm-hmm. work and then they do independently. That is the process we use for teaching, whether it's staff, employees, people we work with or kids. And they watch us do. We watch them do and provide feedback they do independently. So I love that you've laid that out and provided a vocabulary for it. I'd love to ask about the independent part. Do you then employ your independent ones to teach the younger ones, or are you still the primary person who helps the helper and the worker? So I have done that a little bit, but part of the challenge is that as they get more competent and more able to do that, their lives also fill up and get a little busier. Also, they're managing all their stuff. So I haven't really asked them. I have actually, on a small scale, I've sometimes I even hire them to be like, I am spread really thin. I need somebody to help my youngest get the laundry done or something like that. So I usually, I don't expect that on a regular basis, but sometimes I hire them to do that. And especially in a babysitting setting, I learned early on that. I had kids every two years. And so I learned early on that it's not necessarily the oldest one who's officially in charge that's doing the work of the babysitting. So I pay a la carte for my kids when we have our date night, for example. Whoever makes dinner, I pay them for making dinner. If somebody else cleans up, 
the dinner, I pay them. If one of them puts the youngest ones to bed, I pay them for that. So I pay them based on what they do. And so they are mentoring in that way, especially that's a once a week thing where they are helping each other. I've had them help each other learn how to cook things and things like that. And I love how that really can play on your children's strengths because maybe one of them is better at this or better at that. So you're not requiring them all to do a certain thing just because they're a certain age. So I love your respect of their different abilities and talents and using that in your family. There's a lot of confidence baked in there, the communication skills, independence. It's really smart method. So thank you for sharing that. I know that was a little bit off topic, but when you mentioned, I knew I had to dig in a little bit more because it seemed like something very well thought out and planned. I love that. I'm going to totally look at that and try. Yeah, I'll send it to you. And when you talk about playing on their strengths, that's why we don't have a traditional chore chart anymore. We do for the kitchen, but they all know what they have to take care of for themselves because of this chart. And then for the, they also all have to make a family contribution each week, but that can change based on what their strength is or what they want to do that week. So sometimes, often, two of my children choose to make just one meal for the week because they like to cook. And then another one for that same week may be doing some vacuuming. Or So we let them choose based on our needs and their talents and skills. They can pick their family contribution for the week, but then they're still in charge of all of their own self-care. And as a slight side note, I know we have to get to the yeah, uh, retreat. <laughs> as a slight side note, like progress or lack of progress has a huge effect on people. We were talking about it on a episode we just did on relationships where people say, Hey, after 10 years, my spouse is falling out of love with me. And the tough question is, are you the same person as you were 10 years ago? And how have you progressed or regressed? And another part of it is that we, the company that I own does speaking at schools for youth mental health. And a lot of that is that they don't know what success looks like and they don't know if they're making progress or not. And your way of breaking it down saying, now you own these tasks shows them progress. And one of the big issues some of the studies have been showing is that kids will graduate out of school and they don't really know if they're adults or not. And they live in kind of this ambiguous world where they're not sure if they're a man or woman with like the level of accountability or tasks they have during the day. And their way of defining it and letting them see progress in life is really important. We do it for school. We do it with grades. We do it with sports. We do elevate people. We do it at work. We expect elevation. And then we just don't always do it at home. So I think that's a great way to to set them up for success. Well, thank you. And the greatest reward at the end is when you become a manager and I'm not micromanaging you. And that is the language that at least my teenagers speak. They want me to butt out. And I do. Once they're, yeah. once they've shown they're a manager, great. You figure yeah, they've out earned, they've earned it, right? Yeah. They've earned not having to be micromanaged, which yeah. is a reward in of itself. Yeah. Yeah. So just a quick plug, you should go over to howshemoms.com and spend the $5 or whatever it is for the chart. <laughs> that is a very small amount to learn a little bit <laughs> on something that's a huge topic. Let's shift gears to board meeting. So we've talked about our family structure in extensive on this podcast, our first seven episodes are what we call the path. And we talk about our annual plan and our family dinners and we do our goal meetings and we do our quarterly stuff, but we don't really have this 90 day or whatever it is for you, family retreat, once a year, family retreat, whatever happens to be. And I just heard another person mention it was a very successful person in business that they call it their board meeting. Like they go out, they meet, then they go surfing. That's what I call it their board meeting. That's, oh, that's what their family does. <laughs> so can you explain to us a little bit more about the retreat concept, 
What does success look like at the end of it? What do you hope to get done during it? And how often do you do it? Yeah, we started this about, I believe we've had four now. So four years ago, we do it every Labor Day, which doesn't coincide exactly with the beginning of the school year, but it's actually better for us because there's so many logistics at the beginning of a school year. This gives us a couple weeks into school. And then we have this retreat where we get a place up into the mountains. We do an Airbnb or something like that. We go up there. We make sure we plan it around fun and the activities that we love to do. So it's mountain biking and hiking. We try to get a place with a pool so we can have some pool. And sometimes we have some of our bigger meetings in a jacuzzi. So (laughs) it's a fun setting. So we try to really balance the fun and the work, but we really go up there with the purpose of working and having a series of family meetings. We usually try to have one one main activity, one main meeting with more thought out that's a creative way to to work on something we've been working on. And then we have a bunch of, we get together every night and play games. It's just two, sometimes three nights. We play games, we talk about important things, but we the bulk of our time is spent just connecting and doing fun stuff together and usually on the adventurous side, which I know you guys are all about. <laughs> yeah, it's great to bond people together through doing adventures. Yeah. I do have to ask if you're comfortable with sharing, what's something that, an example of something that came out of these meetings that improved your family life? Yeah, some of the activities we've done My favorite one was actually two years ago when we were just, I don't know, I felt like we were just a little disconnected. People were edgy around each other. I just didn't feel like people were appreciating each other as much as they could be. I know this is a common thing, not just us, but I just needed, I just wanted the main goal of our retreat to be just showing love to each other. And so our main activity at that one, our main meeting at that one was I brought a bunch of books. I brought the Strength Finder book and I printed off a list that I got from a friend of spiritual gifts. She just wrote out a full list of things that she found in the Bible and through other study about the spiritual gifts that different people had. And so we just, I had all these lists that they could draw from of gifts and talents. And so everybody went through and I gave everybody sticky notes with everybody else's name on the top of each one. So each one had a sticky note for everybody else. And I just had them go through the list and write down the, I can't remember if I did three or five, but their top strength. And so they were looking, they were looking, and I made them do it for themselves too, actually. They had to identify their own strengths. And then we just had everybody go up one by one in front of the room. There was a fireplace at this place. So they'd go in front of the fireplace and everybody would go through and read the strengths. And it was interesting to see many of them were repeated from different family members. And I helped the youngest one with his lists. And, but it was, at first they were a little embarrassed to get the praise in front of everybody, but it led to some really deep and beautiful discussions about their strengths, their talents, their potential, and what they could do with those. And it was a really beautiful bonding experience. That that's an amazing example. Thank you for sharing that. I know it takes a little bit of vulnerability. We're always trying to juggle like how much do we share about our personal yeah. lives yeah. in the parenting space, but 
that gives a lot of content to what people can do. I think one of the goals is to check out, at least in offsites at work and stuff like that, is to check out of the day-to-day and focus on something different to create a slightly different path when you get back to the day-to-day. Yeah. And is that why you go away from the home to get them out of their, their quote unquote comfort zones, which all of us like out of our rooms do like, yeah, you have to bond together or is that just that you like vacations? Yeah, no, that's (laughs) the main purpose. I'm glad you brought that up because honestly, it's even more for us parents because there's so much work to be done all the time. And if you're away from the work, we do simple meals. We don't try to make it, we go out usually once. Otherwise, we do really simple work meals so that we can go out and do adventures. We're not spending time cooking. Now, another family may find that to be the fun part, cooking something together or something. So it just depends. But we want to be away from those distractions. So we put our, we put our phones away during these discussions. We are all in, which is actually one of our themes for one of the years. So that, this is, the retreat is also a time where we pick our theme for the year. And one year it was all in. We're going to, when we commit to something, we're going to be all in. We're going to be all in for the family. We're going to be, we're going to just be engaged in whatever we're pursuing. So that was one, one year it was look up so that we remembered the spiritual aspects of our lives, but also that we looked up from our phones. So there was a dual meaning with that one. Awesome. Last year's was first things first. And so we talked a lot about prioritizing and that was what our family activities centered around. So we, we, we brought books about, about time management and prioritizing and things like that. Another, I, I was thinking of one other theme that we had for the year. Oh, I'm blanking on the other one, but I, for this year, my husband and I have already started talking about it, that we really want to focus on, on trust in all areas and all the strength that gives us when we can fully completely trust each other as a family. So we'll be doing some of those traditional team building activities where we just realize that we can count on each other and we can build that value of trust. I'm curious with one more question before I let Mel, she's been taking some notes, which uh, (laughs) is a good sign that you're providing a lot of valuable content. Great. Is this something you had done in your family before when you were younger or how did this all come about for you to have this passion to deliver such an amazing experience for your family? It started where, from like your experience, it happened from being in a company that did that. So we'd have, I was the editor of a magazine, a marketing magazine, actually, before, before I had kids and we would have editorial retreats every year and I loved them. We got so much accomplished and so much on that strategic level. And I really, it's so easy to get mired down in logistics in everyday life. So being able to retreat away and really think about big picture, think about strategy, think about who we want to be. We also, one of the activities we have is we refresh our values, our list of values every year, and we revisit it, see if we need to change or add similar to what you guys do. So we have some of those set things we do every year, and then we have a theme that guides our main activities. I'm like super inspired by what you're talking about. I love it so much. And I think what one of the notes I took was there seems to be this theme where you have an intuition, like something's not quite right. Like you had mentioned earlier how when you first became a mom or I think after your third son, you just weren't quite achieving what you wanted in the family. And I have a similar sense. And we just talked about this the other day where something cool can happen. There's potential here, like for our summer to be, I don't want to waste it. I want something great to come with it. And 
then you also mentioned how you were sensing that your kids were, or your family was a bit disconnected and you need to connect, you needed to reconnect them with some gratitude and praise. And I, I want to commend you on having that intuition. And I think most people do have that to yeah. some degree. Part of our strong family path is being aware of all the different relationships within the family. And if one is off, that might need some support at the time, whether it's the mom and dad, whether it's an individual child or a sibling relationship. And I love how you took that intuition and truly put it into action. So I wanted to bring that up because I see oh, that as you. a thing. I think a lot of people might just sit and say, yeah, I could do something, but I don't know what to do. And here you're giving us very clear direction on what we can do with the departments and with this retreat. And now I want to go and have a walk with Joe and discuss how we can put this into action this summer. Great. Because the last thing I want to do is leave the kids to to have to figure it out for themselves when they become adults. So. I guess I, I would love to know how your husband is involved in this and how much do you do with him in preparation for it? Does he have these intuitions or does he, like, how do you guys work that together? Yeah, it's very much a joint thing. And he's very busy. He's a surgeon and he is, in our daily life, he is not present much of the time. And that's another reason we decided to get away and he takes takes time completely off work. He's not dealing if there's an emergency, whatever. But that's part of the reason we go away so that he can be that. And so we we develop these acti the main activities together and we take turns who leads what. I'm remembering a specific one where we were on this really crazy bike ride in the mountains and <laughs> having to carry our bikes over things. And it was just it was a, quite an adventure. And we came upon this just random teepee that somebody had made with propping up the logs and it was his idea to be like this is where we're going to come up with our family theme and so sometimes we plan it ahead like this year it's just something we need to work on but usually each of us we tell the kids and each of us come up with a couple of different options and then we talk about what could be our theme and then so we did it in the this teepee once and he led that discussion and I, that was when we decided all in. And it was cool because we were all in this teepee and we're like, yes, let's do it. We're all in. <laughs> so he's, I'm usually better at getting the research behind it. So that's usually my job. I like bring the books and teach some of the principles because I've been, I love to do that and I do it for my podcast. But he's often like the one that gives the inspirational talk and rallies them up and gets them excited we each kind of have our strengths and we bring that to to how we do this retreat. We plan all the activities together. We choose the venue together. So it's very much a group thing. We involve the kids as much as we can, also in choosing locations and activities, things like that. This is amazing. And it's a great podcast when I have to look down and see that we're over our 30 minutes and just <laughs> want to keep going. So this is for the listeners. If you want us to have Whitney on again, comment the podcast and let us know some questions you might have and we can do a longer episode because I think there's so much amazing stuff. We barely scratched the surface, got through the intro and I had 15 minutes of questions <laughs> just from the intro. I'm happy to. And <laughs> it's been amazing for us to have you on. I want to take a moment and tell people about where they can learn more about all this great content you're putting out. I mentioned howshemoms.com. Yes. Make sure I get that exactly right and we'll put it in the show notes as well. Is there any other way that people can connect with you or is that your preferred way? 
That's a great way. I'm. You can listen to my podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And that's just also called How She Moms. It's pretty easy. Instagram is my social media of choice. So you can follow me on Instagram as well at How She Moms. So. That's awesome. Thank you to everyone for listening to another episode of the Strong Family Project podcast. Whitney, sit tight. We'll stop recording here in a second and chat a little bit more so we can show some more gratitude for the amazing content you brought our listeners today. Mel, last sentence. I'm excited to continue talking with you and learning more about how you run your family because we certainly can learn. I'm excited about it. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. 